this is that other sports shit. Let's go. Want to go three, two, one? I'm ready. All right, dude. Let's go three, two, one. Uh, three, two, one. Folks, we're doing it again a little bit earlier this time. So if I don't seem as pumped, that's why. Folks, it is uh, Wednesday, the 20th of September. We just got done having a fairly above mid UFC card that we were going to run down. Uh, we also had an extremely active week in the NFL. We're talking wins, losses, injuries, highlights, all sorts of crazy stuff. And the best part about it is when the crazy week of sports happen, there's usually like a crazy sports media personality that goes crazy. That person this week for me is Mr. Stephen A. Smith, who I believe has Ooh. lost his damn mind. But... Before we get into this, we need to introduce ourselves. Folks, this is that another sports show. You've been listening to us hopefully for the last decade or so. We're still running things back because we love to do it. We love to talk sports and we love to get involved with you guys. Uh, along with me, as always, Mr. Jason Valdez. What's up, y'all? Good morning. This is one of the earlier shows that we have done. I'm high energy because I've already worked out, so I'm kind of coming off the mountain of pre-workout that I ingested around 5.30-ish. Uh, it's about 8.30 California time, so we're going the right way. I think, Jess, what were we were we last week? Were we 9 or 10? We did a pre- or we were later. That's right. We were later because I had a week off. So Yeah, we were a little bit later. We were more like around 10 or 11 last week. Yeah, you are struggling. I can hear it. I think my prediction yeah. is this. I think once we get lubed up and once we really get to the NFL, I think that's when your gears are going to go from like third to fifth real quick. That's oh, what, 100%, that'll 100%. be your highway miles and you'll, you'll just zoom up to like, we're breaking the law. We're doing 85, 90, uh, shout out the boys, uh, variety sports, shout out the boys at fat boy fadeaway sports. I see they're doing some great things with the YouTube and the Twitter and they're, moving the show around they're just like us they're excited they're talking a lot of football so there's a lot of shows talking football right now so as always that of the sports show we're gonna mix it up we were built on combat sports we've always been a bit of a 50 50 show quick reminiscent moment little quick walk down memory lane when jesse and i started the show it originated from a mixed martial arts podcast Jesse said, I've been talking mixed martial arts for a long time, a little bit too long. I want to mix it up. I want to talk a little football. I want to talk a little basketball. I want to talk a little baseball. So uh, we're coming around 10 years here, a little over 10 years doing the show. Again, we appreciate the people who have supported us throughout the years. Shout out Che Rollins. Shout out Justin Von Doom. Shout out the boys. Shout out the ladies that listen to the show. We appreciate you as well. Shout out however you choose to identify yourself. If you are listening, we love you and we respect you. Jess, we've got fights. We've got football. No one is losing an eyelid over this. No one lost an eyelid. No one potentially lost an eyelid during this week's combat sports. I, I was just looking at the old telly as we started recording. 
And I realized there's a Canelo fight, but I don't know if it's this weekend or next weekend. So I should probably do my research on that. Uh, Jess, do we should we kick it off here with UFC Noche and our thoughts on UFC Noche? Yeah, we should. UFC Noche was this last weekend's card. It was a freebie event. Um, good freebie event. And it good was, freebie event. Yeah, it was. A, it was a good for a freebie event. You can't really complain because there was mm-hmm. a solid mix of finishes. As well as some stinkers, but that's bound to happen in every there single card. It doesn't matter whether you pay for it or not. I think sometimes uh, the traditional Apex card or like the traditional Fight Night card, it's like you'll get one big name on like a rebound fight or two potential could be big names in a fight. There's there's sometimes a lot of filler with these fights. There's like a Bruce Leroy here. There's like an Andre Arlovsky there. It's it's very random. So yes. this card this card had some had some names up and down. Jesse and I really want to focus on the co-main event, main event, because that's where a lot of the sizzle and the pop was. Jess, let's start with the co-main event. This is, of course, where you were right and I was wrong. I took a risk. I took Kevin Holland because he was about even money there. It wasn't that big of a line. I will now butcher his name, but you took, I believe, is it Della, Della, how do you say this kid's name? I should be reading this before Jack I try this. Della, Della Madalena. There it is. Thank you for that. JDM. So just, you know what? JDM. That's it. That's, he, he, gets the, do- he gets the three, he gets the three letter treatment. Can we go, can we do JDM? We're good with JDM? It, well, JDM works for me. JDM, baby. That's it. All right, so this is an interesting fight for me, Justin. Here's why. When we broke the fight down last week, I was talking about Holland's potential, and this might be the fight where he utilizes all of his potential. He's at 170, which is a great weight for him. He's fighting a striker, so he's always got a puncher's chance. And we're not sure where Jack Della Madalena is. We think he could be upper tier, upper crust, but we're not sure. So this is a great uh, measuring stick for him, if you will, Jess. Quick thoughts on this fight from my end, and then we'll get to you. The thing that bothered me about Holland in this fight is it seemed like there were moments where he was going into glorified sparring match. And I don't know if it's because he knew he was being outdueled. I don't know if he realized maybe a few minutes into this fight that Jack wasn't going anywhere, so he's going to have to try and outpoint him rather than just knock him out. But uh, it just it, it just seemed to me going into that third round and watching that third round, he was kind of just going through the motions. There was there wasn't a lot of true let's you know point to the center of the cage and let's bang baby. There wasn't a lot of that. It just became a little bit of a he was on the defensive end of a paint by numbers. And credit to Jack. He threw a lot of great kicks. He threw a lot of great punches. His timing with his counters was a little bit better than Holland's. And in my opinion, that was the difference in the fight. Holland was throwing a bit of a slapping overhand right or like a straight right, which just bothered me, considering we just watched Volkov the other day. They're like the, the best-looking right hand of the business. And it's like, oh, what is he doing? Is he slapping? Is he chopping? What is he doing with that? But uh, I get. I think I gave. I think I gave JDM all three rounds. I don't think I gave Holland any rounds. I think the first round and second round were kind of close. And when you look at the numbers, you you could you could think that. But it just seemed to me like Jack was just a, a little bit better and a, and a little bit more of a closer here. Jess, give me your thoughts. 
Yeah, it was, you know what, I swear to God, last week when we talked about this fight, you literally used the word paint by numbers. And that's exactly how it was. Uh, both men, though, were a paint by number fighter that fight, which which created this like void of activity. Like both men were almost uh, tentative to uh, kind of let go in the fight. Take you the saw major a lot risk, of holding which back. Holland needed to do. Holland, I felt like uh, I, I I really liked your analysis of, of Kevin Holland from last week. How this is his chance and possibly his last chance to kind of jump into a title contention. He hands go. He did not let his feet go. Instead, he kind of held back. He waited. He tried to counter. But this was one of the styles make fights, but on the negative side of things, where some styles make fights very exciting. This was a both men are kind of counter strikers. When you both are counter strikers, you're both kind of looking to strike back. But when no one's striking, it's hard to counter. And so it made the fight very slow, very methodical, uh, and, and very, well, you know, very, very boring. And as you said, paint by numbers. Uh, Jack Maddalena, uh, JDM, he, had, he did just enough, I believe, to win two out of the three rounds. I thought Kevin Holland probably took the first round just a little bit more active, I felt. Uh, I felt JDM probably won. He won the last two rounds, and then should have won the the fight as a unanimous. It came up a split decision. There was some weird wonky judging that happened actually all throughout this card. Uh, but you know what? One way or the other, I believe that the right guy won. I don't, however, think it moves the needle for either guy. Oh, that's a good take. Oh, that's interesting. I wasn't ready for that. I think with with regards to that, and then we'll jump over to the next fight. I think JDM deserves to be in that upper crust. Does he beat those guys in the top four, five, six? I don't know. Is he ready for that real test at 170? Yes. Does he pass it? I don't know. That's where I got to see the proof is in the pudding. And I think those are the fights where I've got to see if he can, can turn it up a notch. Because at some point... They want you finishing these fights, and, and it didn't seem to me like he was really looking for a finish, or, or maybe he he realized the finish isn't there, so I'm just going to just do the paint by numbers for a few rounds, but you got to go for finishes. And Holland, again, like you mentioned here, Jess, this, this is the weight where he's got knockout power, and if, and if you're not producing a knockout here, then, then what are we doing? I hate the idea of him being a gatekeeper, because I don't think he's a gatekeeper, but he's going to be in this weird influx where he'll probably be fighting at 185 looking for super fights he might go to 170 but he, he said before he's had issues making that weight and now there's no like uh championship aspirations there i would say those might have been extinguished so uh let's keep it moving here jess controversial fight i love this fight and i want to start there this fight was was fireworks from front to back uh, I saw a bunch of different scorecards online, which I love because that means everyone's got different opinions. I scored the fight for Valentina. I, I'm going to start by saying this, and I'll probably echo it a few times during these takes. I think ultimately it comes down to how you scored that fourth round. You could throw away the fifth round of the 10-8, and I know ultimately that's what got us to this controversial draw. And we'll touch on that. But I, I, I think ultimately it really came down to how did you score this fourth round? Because it was thin. Uh, you know, it was, it was pretty even. Uh, just give me some thoughts on this fight. Let's start with how you scored the fight. I scored the fight 3-2 three, three, for uh, Valentina. I think Valentina did just enough. I actually I did give her the fourth round. Uh, yeah. I, I think the Valentina did just enough. Uh, 
just enough to 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 get the decision. Uh, being a draw, I wasn't disappointed because I was more disappointed in the entire fight than I was anything else. Oh, really? Like, I really yeah, enjoyed I, I, I felt that it was a good fight. Uh, I thought, I felt actually, like, even <laughs> though I gave the fight to uh, Shevchenko, I felt that the fight actually more. Grosso yeah, dude, if this Gros- was a pride fight, like, if this is pride scoring, I might even give it to Grosso. I might call it a draw. That's actually, that's so a huge take. Sub- I like that. She attempted so many submissions. She had deep chokes. She nearly she had her deep waters with the knockdown, and that was it. Like the second round, there was a lot cooking in this fight, Jess. I just think I I feel like Grosso did more to weigh in on P on the judging than Valentina did. Valentina did the thing where she comes in, and I mentioned this last week about her, where sometimes she's just very robotic, very like, yeah. you know, I'm going to go and throw a, a right leg, a right high leg kick, boom, and she throws it. Yeah. It's very it's much... It's one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, thousand one, two. percent. I said that she needs to fight the other way that she fights, where she's a bit reckless and a bit aggressive. There was Those some are of the fights where she wins and wins Those big. were the rounds she won. Yeah, and so here's the thing with Valentina. The the rounds that she won, she was a lot more aggressive. She let the legs go. She let the hands go a little bit more. The fu- the rounds that she lost, she was just very like, okay, I feel like I have this in the bag. So now I'm going to well, she just got, go. She got, she got dropped, so you can't give her a round where she got dropped and nearly choked out. You can't, you can't give her that round. Just, that was the second round, what? correct? Second, yeah, second yeah, round. That, yeah. Second round, she okay. gets hit. Uh, she does the little back roll thing. And she's up on her. <laughs> I feet. love that. I, I I understand. I actually like. I actually. She got hit so, with knees in that round. It was. It was. There was. The second round was, was vicious. The second round was bad for her, and she took a lot of shots. And again, I, I still think that Valentina should have been awarded the 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 win. The fact that mm-hmm. she didn't, I'm not disappointed in. It, it is what it is. Yeah. I'm more disappointed in the fact that Valentina was not able to capitalize where she should have capitalized. I'm well, we more did, impressed. We... I'm more impressed that Alexa Grasso did what she did and was able to control as much of that fight as she was because I don't really feel that Grasso in the first fight Grasso was getting it handed to her. Yeah, she lost every round. The second fight, she came prepared. She came ready. And that you confidence, Jess. Like, we talked about that confidence last week. Man, Sometimes you get that belt around your waist and you walk into your first title defense as like, well, I'm the champ. It is what it is, right? But she came in. She was like, nah, I don't want to lose this belt tonight. I can't. She came in prepared. She trained well. She looked great, by the way. Yep. Normally, normally she got kind of like that little baby pudge, you know. <laughs> Rosso looked sharp. Rosso like looked sharp, now. baby. She and, looked sharp, baby. As hey, none, champ, of she's the champ none of those quesadillas, none of those tacos. She kept it light and tight. <laughs> no, she was looking great. She was fit, uh, athletically geared up and ready to go, man. She was ready, and you could tell that the training was there. The intensity of those of the, those training sessions, they were there. The intensity in the fight throughout the fight was there. That second round was a banger round for her. The fifth round as and, well. The fifth round as well. And the fifth round, the and see, and here's the the part that is hard for me to want to give the 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 fight card to Valentina is because 
And the second round, there was that sense of urgency. She had felt like, oh, shit, the first round might have slipped away from me. I need to step it up. So she went into the second round, and she handled her business as a champion should. When you get to that fifth and final deciding round, and your coaches are telling you, hey, man, this is close. Like, I think that you got it, but go in there and try to finish. She went in there and did what a champion should do. She went in there and tried to finish. She went in there and handled her business. Alexa Grasso, I think, defined her her that was a defining moment, even in loss. Or, well, I mean, technically a draw, so she didn't lose. But like mm-hmm. in that moment, that was a defining moment for Alexa Grasso. I'm looking forward to the rematch. I think the 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 uh triple happens, and I think Grasso finishes Shevchenko in the third. Yeah. I so a few different thoughts here. One, I when I look at that fifth round. And you see Grasso get that choke. And you have that moment of, she's about to fuck around and do the exact same thing she did in this first fight. Um, it, it, it just seemed like a remarkable, damn, this is just the chaos of MMA. And sometimes how the, the MMA gods decide to fucking uh, roll, the, you know, roll the Yahtzee dice, if you will. But uh, I, I thought the, the willingness to try to finish throughout the fifth round with submissions, with leg, leg attempts, that to me means something. I know everybody scores fights differently, but I think when you're attempting submissions, you're attempting to finish the fight. And that holds value to me when you score rounds. That holds weight to me when you're trying to finish a fucking fight with a submission. Even if you don't get it, you're trying. Um, I think this is why we thought... Um, Valentina won that that uh, fourth round as well with just takedowns and 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 shit like that. Her takedowns were great, but Grasso was defending. She was looking for shit on the bottom. She was fluid. Grasso's the motherfucker. Now, I, do we? Do, do, let me ask you this, Jess. Do you want to see this fight, a third fight? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Matter of fact, I do. I, I, there, I think that is, there. Do you I want think to see it personally. I want to see a third fight, and I think that that's the the smart business decision is to make it. Do you think it's fair to do this fight again in Mexico? No, no. I, I think can't. that you, you, got, you got to – now, I, I, I'm not saying that because of the judging. First of all, I want to take all that nonsense, Valentina. I get Valentina's pissed because it's a draw. I get that she thinks that she won. The 10-8 every round. Fighter, is, the every 10-8 fighter round thinks that they won, right? But yeah. to go live on your on the podium and sit there and be like, well, you know, it is, you know, we just got done with Mexican Independence Week and yeah. whatever. And, I, and I don't know how she was assassinated. Like, I don't know how she was assassinated by... Super by, poor sportsmanship on Shevchenko's part. You know, that, uh, that cartel, they don't fuck around. I, I would not be... I mean, listen, she's a different type of cat. I know she could probably shoot a pistol or a rifle better than any of those guys in the cartel. But uh, I wouldn't be saying shit like that that deep in Mexico. <laughs> uh, this Mike Bell character scoring this 10-8 fifth round, speaking of the cartel, did they have a gun to his back as he was handing in his scorecard? How do you give that <laughs> that that 10-8 round? And again, I score you attempting finishing in a fight, but you can't give that a 10-8. She was that... I don't think Valentina was ever in deep enough waters in a submission where you went, oh, that, yeah, dude, that's a 10-8. I don't think she was ever rocked on her feet where you go, that's a 10-8. There's, there was nothing in there that would normally indicate a 10-8. And, Jess, you know this. I'm a guy that loves giving 10-8s. I think more 10-8s should be given. You get dropped in a fucking fight. 
that's a 10-8, dude. I can't give you a half a point. So I'm going to give you the full point. <laughs> you're in deep waters in a submission. You're on your back for four, four and a half minutes. Dude, that's a 10-8. Everyone scores it different, but that, in my opinion. So, yeah, that was a ludicrous 10-8. Um, I think it was when I hear Valentina, but when, but if, if Valentina if Valentina would have lost, like legitimately lost, and Alexa Grasso gets the dub instead of the draw, then we start talking. Oh shit! Like what's what's going on with this ten eight round? But highway robbery. Draw, yeah. It was highway a draw, robbery, not yeah. a highway you, robbery by any you means. And, if you watch you the and fight, I it, almost I think almost at least seventy percent of the people that watch that fight, maybe even higher would all say, I, I don't know if it was a draw, but I'm okay with it being a draw. We've done 500 fight recaps, if not 1,000, and I say this every time. Anytime you have a close fight, you can't be mad at the judging. You can't be mad at the scoring. The <laughs> only time you can get mad at a scoring decision is when it's just filthy, disgusting, obnoxiously one-sided to the point where it just seems like the fight is fixed, which we've called on this fight on this show – a handful, if not more than a handful of times in the yeah. X amount of years we've done this show. That was far from a robbery. That was a close fight. And then in the instance of every close fight, that you can't get mad at that decision. It's going to go 3-2 anyway. And to bring it full circle again, it ultimately comes down to how do you score that fourth round? Do you score the takedowns? Do you score the fact that, uh, that she did nothing with them? Do you score Alexa's uh, uh, aggressiveness? Uh, from her back, do you score the striking? How do you how do you score that fourth round? In my opinion, is how it comes down to it. And I saw different opinions across the fucking X. Everybody on X was it was it was fifty fifty. If anything, it was probably sixty forty or fifty five forty five for Valentina. I probably saw more people, but I didn't see people. Uh, you know, running to the hilltops or running to the top of the roofs and screaming, this is a fucking highway robbery. So you run it back. And and I wanted to say this, and then we'll keep it moving. Valentina should not have said the shit that she said. She should not have said that shit into a live mic. And then she shouldn't have went backstage or the next day with Ariel or this following day with Ariel and go, hey, here's what I want. I want to fight in my home country now with my elected officials in the building and this and that. <laughs> what you were implying is what you walked into and what you signed up for was unfair. When you knew what you were walking into and you knew what you signed up for, you knew all this shit and you know how the sport works, babe. So what are we fucking doing? If anything... Hey, Valentina, this ain't Rocky Four, baby. <laughs> exactly, babe. Politic <laughs> like a mother for a fight in your country afterwards. By just going, Jeez. hey, listen, I gave her her just due because she's a chance. She won the belt from me, and we fought in her home country. It's only right that we fight in my home country or somewhere close. And if not, then let me fight in Vegas or let me fight in New York or let me fight somewhere where I know I'm going to get a good turnout of, of, of my fans. Do it, do it in a neutral site because they're probably not going to fight in Valentina's home country because I believe it's either like a stadium that seats 3,000 or like 160,000 in one of those like Romanian soccer stadiums. And that that's the UFC's not doing that. So they got to figure it out. Jess, we got to figure it out. We got to keep it moving here. We've got a card this weekend. We want to touch on the co-main and the main, if I believe that's correct. 
It's just guys in berets. We think that you're a great champion. You were a great champion. We think you're, you know, you're great individual as far as fighting goes and everything. But come on, come on, babe. Like, pull it back and a little bit. And Let, let's, let's do run this back. Guy. Let's run this back at UFC 300. You know what I mean? Ooh. Let's, let's run this back at UFC 300 that's in, in, in New idea. York or something like that. You know that's what I mean? That's a fucking great idea, Jess. She's got to have surgery on her finger. or She had surgery on her finger because she said she broke her fucking finger. Yeah. So, so yeah, heal up and come back for 300. God, UFC 300, you know, is going to be a huge deal, it's just like 100 and 200 was, right? There's going to be multiple fucking. title fights on the line, big time fights. We're probably going to be in like New York or some shit like that. It's going to be a great event. Let's run it back, babes. Let's, let's go let your finger heal up, get your mind right. Get your and that's a right, perfect, and then, and then do that's it. a perfect UFC 300 fight because that's like the third fight from the main event. So it's like not yeah. the co-main event, but right under the cone of main event. Because you know they're going to have four or five title fights. So you stick one of them right there. You stick that fight right there dead in the middle. And you know you're getting All, all I'm hoping for is you. that the main event, the main <laughs> event, you know, is going to be a heavyweight, either a heavyweight contender fight or a title fight. So the heavyweights got to be in the top three somewhere. I ain't paying for something if the heavyweights aren't banging. Yeah, you're gonna you're fights. gonna have either you're gonna have either either John Jones, Stephen Jones, or whatever. Or like, you're gonna what's, what's or you're gonna fight? have uh, a big light heavyweight fight or some weird super fight, and you're gonna have uh it, yeah. So just you you've listened. You've got the booking pencil. You're like Vince right now, booking WrestleMania. This. You're handling your shit. I love it. All uh, right. Well, well uh, before we get off this card, I have first of all, uh, if you watch the card. Uh, Paul Rosas Jr. got a big win. I think it was a big yeah, we, deal. Terrence Mitchell, uh, I think, we, was a little bit shell shocked. And, and I will tell you, no, let, give me five seconds, Jess. Here's yeah, what do happened. It, do it. That that kid that Rosas was fighting took a risk. He threw a big left hook, took a shot because they just bit down on their mouthpieces and were banging for the first yeah. 15, 20 seconds. And he left himself wide ass open for a counter right hand. Rosas delivered the counter right hand, jumped on him, and I, you know I don't want to say it was an early stoppage, but maybe the referee lets it go a little bit longer. No, that kid, not that kid's head, that got, kid's head not was banging off the mat. That kid's not head was banging off the mat. That was not That's an early fair. stoppage. That was a great stoppage. That's fair. Great win for Rosas Jr. Second number two, our girl Loopy with yes. a huge win, baby. Yes. A huge win, getting it done. She's now eleven and three in the in, in her career. And I'm telling you, the strawweight division is looking for new up-and-coming. Uh, I think we got to throw Loopy's name in here pretty soon. Listen, Jess, the reality is this. Loopy Island is accepting applications. We've been – the island's slowly filling up, slowly but steadily. And uh, in a fight or two, there's not going to be any more room on old Loopy Island. It's going to be full of rabid fight fans that were first here. So – Get your ticket now is all I could say. Hop on the switch right. before I get too full. The sand is nice and warm. Oh, yeah, beautiful. It's beautiful. View. beautiful view. All right, Jess, we're beautiful done. View, baby. Uh, Let's go. Bryce Let's Mitchell. Let's move on. UFC fight Danny, night. UFC fight Iggy. night. Our boy Fiziev, we talk about him on the show a lot. Our boy Fiziev Trending is up. taking on Matthews Gamrat. This is, a, this is a pretty even fight, Jess, but real quick. Co-main event, Bryce Mitchell. The guy shakes cans, he rattles cages. He has one of the best uh, used car sales uh, lot commercials I've ever seen. He's taking on Dan Eag. This is a let's bang bro fight, I believe, Jess. Who you got? 
I, I'm actually uh, – I'm going to go Dan Eag. I think Dan Eag's Ooh. striking – I think Eag's striking is better than Mitchell's. Um, he, he's a little bit te- more technical. Where, where, it gets, where it gets thick is if it goes to the ground, where I think Bryce Mitchell has the uh, – he has the upper hand as far as submissions and stuff goes. He's a little bit more – uh, he's a little bit more uh, highly rated on the ground than I would say Danny, but Danny can also handle himself on the ground. I think this is going to be mostly a Bane bro fight. I'm taking Danny. I'm going uh decision uh, all three rounds uh, decision win for Danny. Oh, I like it. You're starting with the hot take. Uh, I'll go opposite. I'll go Bryce. Um, I'm worried about all the stuff that I saw in a Bryce interview with our, my boy, the schmo where he's just like, oh, my back's broken. Oh, my ex-girlfriend went and, like, cut down all my plants at my my country home. Uh, oh, I've got these he other issues. He mobile home. His, he's, his he's, well, listen, I mean, it's, the plants, they grow wild. He might have fruits. He might have a corn. It was weed. Let's be real. Down. She cut down all of his weed plants. I mean, yeah. was, that shit's not cheap either. Let me tell you. <laughs> so, <laughs> trust me on this one, Jess. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going Bryce. I think he'll win two out of three rounds. I think the first round will be pretty uneven feel-out round. The Dan will edge out. I think once they get comfortable, Bryce is a little bit quicker with his hands and I think a little bit more accurate. Dan tends to wing sometimes, and I think if Bryce keeps it tight, keeps his punches straight down the pipe as opposed to hooking around, he'll get the, the victory via decision. I like him two rounds to three. Let's Why is Michelle the- Watterson still fighting? I just real quick, you brought it up earlier, but I I, I, I thought that she actually retired. Dude, she's an annoying. She's did like her did her and Paige Van Zant not have like a bare knuckle fight at some point in time, like in the past like six months? I think they had a bare what knuckle only fans pink Barbie. <laughs> There's a, there was tassels. There's a lot going Someone on. Someone didn't invite me to that party. I would have went to that party. I'm it just is, saying. It was wild. Uh, yeah, I I just I just crossed my fingers for Michelle because I think she's a sweetheart, and I think yeah. I think Michelle Michelle is another one of these gals, and I think maybe our other homie Angela Hill took this spot, but one of these gals that could be on these podcasts, that could be on Sirius Satellite Radio, that could bring her experience as a female fighter, but just a fighter that's been in a cage for ten years. She's probably got a shitload of great stories and great, uh, I guess you could say, uh, takes, views, different angles on fights. And I would just, I just, I've always thought Michelle did a great job. Whenever I heard her hear her talk, whenever I hear her talking about fights, I always thought she was great. Uh, anyway, she's probably going to get mopped, mollywopped by Marina Rodriguez. That's just a bad <laughs> matchup, man. It is a horrible okay. matchup. Okay, Let's yes, made of that. We're, I'm trying my hardest to keep it moving because we have a, a full slate of football games yes. here. And now, you're, and now, and now I can see you're looped up. So let's go. Uh, Fiziev, <laughs> our boy Fizzy, Gamaru. This is a tough fight, Jess. This, in my opinion, might be a pick 'em. I'm worried about where Rafael is right now, where the stock is. Is it sitting? Is it trending up? Could it potentially be trending down now that he's fighting the high level? Uh, who you got? Uh, I've got Fizzy uh, in a decision. I think uh, I think that uh, uh, Gamera is he's <laughs> obviously no slouch. I mean, just take a look at the record. But if you also compare the records and you look at the people that they've beaten and lost to, you can see that Fizzy's record is slightly better because of the the, the type of opponents he's had. He's fought in champions, whereas Gamera, I believe that the the best he's fought and he actually lost to that was uh, Benel Dariush uh, a couple fights back. So. 
if you if you just go off of that, I got to give the the edge to Fiziev. Striking Fiziev's more of a bite down the mouthpiece and kind of go to war kind of guy. Gamrot's going to try to keep it a little bit more technical, and sometimes if you're technical, it actually makes it makes your fight sloppier. Because when the guy's coming in like a raging bull and you're still trying to throw ones, twos, and threes and, and counter and look for those, you know, slight edges in the striking, sometimes the bull wins. I think Fiziev comes in, trying to shop, gets a decision win. Uh, I agree. I I think Gamrot lost this fight against Jalen Turner when I look at his uh, the fights that he did. I remember that fight, and I, I seem to remember. I thought he lost that fight. But it uh, seems like he steps up in competition. He's, he's had issues. He lost to Darius and Turner, who some people may not consider a step up in competition, was a split decision. Um, I think Fiziev beats him. I'm going to do the old two rounds out of three. I think Gamrot might win the first round because Fiziev's a bit of a slow starter. That's what hurt him against uh, Justin Gaethje. Yeah. But I'm going to I'm going to go Fiziev because this will be a five rounder. Um, I think I think this does go a decision. I'll give him three, possibly four out of the five rounds. Fiziev wins. Jess, we cleared that up. Our combat sports is done for the week. Our combat sports listeners, please don't leave us yet because now we're going to have some real fun. The NFL is back. It is week three. I gave you a three-team teaser that absolutely bombed last week. Jesse and I were all over the Jags. They killed us last week by just, I don't want to say they no-showed, but they just kind of, they just didn't do enough. They fell flat. Let's start with our Thursday game, Jess. As always, we're going to use the lines.com. They're using your favorite websites, FanDuel, Sportsbook, Caesars, BetMGM, BetRivers, Bet365, and DraftKings. So they take the, we'll take the collective uh, spreads, and we'll go from there. Thursday night, quick turnaround for the G-Men. They're a 10-point Dizog against San Francisco. East Coast team traveling to the West, Jesse. You know I always love to mention that when we're talking <laughs> gambling. Ten across the board, Jess. We shouldn't spend a ton of time on this game. Who you got? No, nah, this game's uh, the the Giants are terrible. The Giants are really bad. Uh, last game, it was a it was a good comeback effort. I get that, but but overall, Daniel Jones is is not worth that money. Saquon Barkley is going to be out for a game or two. They're going to be really bad. I got the Niners, and typically double figure points is tough to take, but I'm going to take the points too. Yeah, Arizona is terrible, and they got a lead and didn't know how to fucking keep it, probably because you have Dobbs at quarterback. Uh, <laughs> credit to the Giants for coming back in that game. You are right, Jess. They still tink, stink and tink. Bad teams beating up bad teams doesn't impress me. I like the Niners. I like the points. So I'm going to shuffle around our Sunday games here. I see some weird ones here, and I see a lot of close spreads. I'm going to go against the grain here because I don't know how much Buffalo Bills, hashtag Bills Mafia talk, we're going to have this week because the Bills were rolling last week. The Raiders kind of no-showed on them after, what, a drive or two? So I want to start with Buffalo here. Buffalo, six-and-a-half-point favorite across the board. They are traveling to Washington who are once again not the Redskins, but also not the Nationals. They are the Commanders. Jess, let's have some Bills Mafia corner talk. Who you got? Uh, I think I like this matchup as far as a, uh, as a complete football game. If you like football, you're going to like this matchup. Sam Howell has actually proven himself to be quite the quarterback under Eric Bieniemy's system. 
the addition of Eric Bieniemy as the offensive uh, coach to the Washington football team, commanders, whatever, uh, has proven to be a win thus far within two games. The the Redskins are undefeated at this point in time, 2-0, and they're looking to make it 3-0 at home against the Buffalo Bills. I don't think it happens, though. Buffalo is deeper on defense than the Redskins are. The offensive line, if it performs anywhere close to what they did last week against the Raiders, all they got to do is is hold up, especially against Chase Allen. I think that that works in Buffalo's favor. Buffalo's new three-headed monster of a running back backfield seemed to work really well, and James Cook was really allowed to just simply cook last week against the Raiders. He proved that he can be that dual threat running back out of the backfield. And Josh Allen went back to being Josh Allen that we love and not the one that we hate, throwing throwing tutties and, you know, making explosive plays with his legs. I like the Bills. I don't like the points. I think it's going to be closer. I think it's going to be like a field goal game, a two-point game, something along those lines. Buffalo wins. I'm not thrilled with the points. I will take one small ramekin cup of Bills Mafia Kool-Aid, please. Uh, I am going (laughs) Buffalo. I am going the points. I don't like Washington. I am a firm believer, and they have also been beating up on bad teams. Um, This feels to me like it gets ugly uh, second half. I like Buffalo, and I love the points. I think this is a 10 to a 14-point game. All right, I'm going to pop back up here. Uh, I'm going to go start here. God, there's a lot of threes and a lot of twos, Jess. It's a, it's, I thought it was going to be a really exciting week in football. I mean, it might be, but, it's man, weird. there's some real here. stinker there's, games. Yeah, there's some bowling shoe ugly games. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's stick with a sexy team. I've seen Miami won in some power rankings, which doesn't surprise me, but kind of surprises me. Uh, they're a six and a half point favorite at home versus the Denver Broncos. Jesse, it's early, but I am ready to say you are correct. This Sean Payton thing is getting messy and this may not work. Who you got? Like I said, folks, just go back and listen to that replay, man. I'm telling you, this, this is not a good mix. Sean Payton's a little past his era in coaching football and football players. He can still do the job. He can still coach X's and O's. But this is like a player's game now. You have to be able to coach and be a mentor to these young men and even the vets as well. So uh, I don't like Denver. I've told you before, I don't like Russell Wilson. I know that he's been slightly above average possibly, but nothing even close to the Russ cooking Russ like we used to know back in Seattle days, making championship runs and all sorts of things. This Denver team is lacking uh, leadership somewhere. They need, but the certain type of leadership, and they just don't have it. Russ don't want to be a leader. Sean wants everything to be his way or no way, and that's just not how this this franchise is going to move forward. Uh, Miami is cooking on all cylinders. They ran into an offensive buzzsaw of the of the L.A. Chargers in Week One. They ended up outscoring them, and then they ran into a different type of buzzsaw in the New England Patriots in Week Two. The Patriots are just a gritty ass Bill Belichick led football team. With They're going to lose offense. a lot of games by one score. Yeah, I mean they they don't have a lot of offense, but that defense is still a beast over there in New England, and they held Miami in check. Miami still got the win, and that's the biggest thing is that in the past Miami's lost games like that. 
they were able to finish. I think that Miami is deserving of being in that top three space. Definitely not number one, but in the top three, possibly, yes. I like Miami, and I like the points in this game. <laughs> yeah, this feels like easy money. I love Miami, and I love the points. West Coast team traveling to the east. I know Denver isn't that far into the west, but they still are a West Coast team. They are struggling. Uh, I am ready to start using the Colin Cowherd. You lose three games in a row, you lose your team theory. And I think we are inching closer to that with Denver, uh, as opposed to their coach, vape coach, reefer coach, who just stole Bryce Mitchell's weed coach, who just fucking <laughs> loves, who just everybody fucking loves. I this fucking guy. hate He's the like fact the that I love this guy so much. He's like the acclaimed. Everybody loves him. So uh, I love Miami and I love the points. Uh, he literally had this conversation with fucking two on the sideline telling him like he pulled two over. This is like middle of a fucking football game. And he's all like, hey, two, come here. He's like, yo, man. So uh, last night I had this dream and like <laughs> and like you were in it, man. Like and we were looking for something. And it was crazy. But we couldn't find and, it. And two is sitting there like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, cool, man. Cool. I don't know why I love this guy so much, but I do. Mike, Mike McDaniels is, is – he's something else. Players coach, Jess. Play, players coach, Madden kid. These kids that grew up playing fucking Madden all know schematics because they just played online, Madden on Xbox for fucking their entire, <laughs> you know, teenage years. These are the guys that are taking over the league, Jess. So All right, nice. uh, since we're since we're sticking around in the AFC East, let's just close out the AFC East. New England uh, Pats—they are at two and a half point, and you can get three on some sites. Favorite on the road versus the Jets. Holy smokes! This is the first time I've looked at these lines, and I would not have—I would not have predicted this, Jess. Who you got? Uh, I I love the points. I think that with the points being this low, man, you got to take it because honestly, I think that if the points were six, I would take the points. The the I heard something on uh, on one of these you know ESPN type football shows or whatever. Somebody was ranting about the thing is this is that Robert Sala and the New York Jets, the entire franchise, franchised everything that they had on Aaron Rodgers. And yep. you don't do that in keeping you don't do that with Zach Wilson because you don't have faith in Zach Wilson. You do that because or you do that because you don't have faith in him. You want everything, you put everything in Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers tragically goes down four plays into his New York Jets career. And now you're back to Zach Wilson. And he said this, and I can't remember who it was, but this made so much sense. It's not that we even know if Zach Wilson sucks because of his play. They coach like they know he sucks. They coach yep. the football game like they know Zach Wilson is going to lose the football game. And that is ridiculous to put that. They don't even have – if I'm Zach Wilson, I'm like, no, man, go find yourself another fucking quarterback. Like, you guys don't even want to give me the ball. You don't want to let me yeah. do anything. They should have traded him, They, they should have traded him. It's all hindsight, dude. It's all hindsight. With that, be, with sure. that being said, the Jets – are not a good football team with Zach Wilson. And I don't know if it is exactly Zach Wilson because he's had flashes of that number two or whatever pick that he was uh, in the draft. He's had flashes, but he's definitely not one of those guys that were like, oh, man, in 10 years, man, this guy's going to have three rings, right? So I think that they need something to happen. I think that the Jets franchise has always been a poorly ran franchise and the Aaron Rodgers thing just kind of backs that up. I don't think that that was the greatest move in the world, at least keeping Zach Wilson around while you trade. That's kind of like, you know, uh, dude cheats on his wife, right? 
and, and with a younger model, and then it says, "Hey, baby, by the way, we're not divorcing. I'm just gonna bring the younger model into the home." Like, it's it's a ba- it's, it's bad juju, it's man. Messy. It's bad. It's juju. not gonna end well. I don't like the I don't like the Jets. The Patriots, as I said before, gritty, gritty team. Uh, the offense can move the ball around. They definitely. I would like to see Ezekiel Elliott get involved more often in the offense. But uh, the defense is what's going to hold this game together. Uh, Patriots win. This might be first to 14 wins. It really might. Um, <laughs> I, You know, so I watched the entire Jets game. I'm maybe saying the last five minutes. And I have a few takes. The first one is their line stinks. Like their line is just bad. And I understand when you're playing against the Cowboys defense, it's a different animal, right? But they're just, their line really did not help fucking Zach Wilson at all. The only way the Jets are going to win games this year is by running the football 30 plus times. And I know that's foreign in the league now, but that's the only way they're going to do it. Now, defenses are probably going to cheat and put eight in the box and do all that shit. And at that point, You've got to hope that you can simplify the offense for Wilson to where he can make one, two reads, and if those reads ain't there, he's throwing the fucking ball away. But you're hoping, again, with those two big dogs that we know they've got there, that you split up them carries. You give Hall 20 touches, you know, five through the air, 15 on the ground. You give Cook 15, 20 touches, you know, same thing, 10 on the ground, five through the air, three, four through the air, checkdowns, fucking screens, whatever. You've got to find a way to keep this defense off of the field because it does not matter how many playmakers you have. It doesn't matter how old your defense is. If they're on the field for 70 fucking plays, <laughs> someone's going to break something. Someone is bound to break something there. Uh, going right back to the Colin Cowherd theory, you lose three games, shit gets messy. It's getting messy for Salah. And also that New York media get up in greenie going on television and going, I want Kirk Cousins. Oh, yeah. Shit that shit don't help. He, so he's gonna, they're going to fuck around and get Salah fired. And then what? You going to have fucking Buddy Ryan show back up over there? Fucking Rex Ryan show up over there? <laughs> what are you doing? I, I, they're in a world yeah. of trouble there in New York. And I think it's unfortunate because you know me, Jess. It's like a lot of football fans. I was tooting their horn before the season ended, but or before the season started. But they really put all their eggs in one basket, and that basket broke within a fucking possession. And here we are. Uh, I really, really, really want to take the Jets here, but I just, I this is going to be that Belichick game yeah. where he fucks around and finds a way to get a W here. He's not going zero and three. Uh, I like the, I like New England. I'm incredibly hesitant. I do like the points because this is a field goal game. Oh yeah, this is like this is like 17-13. The defense scores. Um, let's keep it moving here. We spent a lot of time let's on go. that game. Uh, bad games. Let's get them out of the way here. Oh God, there's not a ton of them actually. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay, let's start here, Jess. Uh, I'm gonna just go from the bottom up. Uh, Tennessee Titans. They are traveling to Cleveland. Cleveland is a three-point favorite at home. Tells me something. Who you got? Uh, 
You know what? I'm going to take the upset. I think Tennessee goes to Cleveland yep. and they win. I, I like Tennessee. Yep. Uh, I know that uh, Tannehill is not he, – he's definitely on the latter stages of his career. It's kind of the downward slide part. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins still is usable. Yep. He's serviceable. They still have Derrick Henry. So they still got the other backup running back that plays really hard. They've got a couple pieces. Uh, Cleveland is a fucking disaster. Yep. And it starts with paying Deshaun Watson the money that they paid him. And then mm-hmm. to have him come out on the field and basically give up, like, every fucking drive. So, uh, I've got Tennessee in this game. Shout out Justin Von Doom, second time in the show, posting those Deshaun, ja- uh, Deshaun memes all over his Instagram. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> these Texan fans that had to deal with his bullshit for the last two years where shit went south quickly – Boy, are they ready to hit this motherfucker with a stick like a pinata. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm with Jess here. Uh, Cleveland is a fucking mess. I don't, as someone who drafted Watson in, in, in fantasy, I don't trust them at all anymore. I'm going to fuck around and end up starting somebody else over him because I just don't trust them. I don't trust Cleveland's offense at all. Um, them losing to Pittsburgh to me was very fucking telling. Uh, they're shuffling at running back now. They brought uh, in Hunt. Don't hit that blunt. They've got Ford. I know Ford might be the featured back now, but just I, I don't know. I don't trust this team, and I and I'm off of them right now. I like Tennessee. But I like the points. The best like the best part back. about Cleveland was literally Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb was the only consistent playmaker on that on that squad, and he is now gone. And who knows for how long? That was a horrific knee injury. Oh, he's. So, I mean, he may not ever yeah, play he football may not ever again. Play football I hate to go again. there. Yeah. I hate to fucking go there, but I mean that we all saw what happened. To, you can't have to keep it in football terms. To keep it in football terms, when you lose your absolute best player, you're. You, I mean, Kareem Hunt is a serviceable running back. Ford's a serviceable running back, but neither of them, even combined, give you what Nick Chubb gives you. So this team's this team's in trouble this season. Uh, next game's going to be Atlanta and Sneaky Ritter, who I still don't trust, despite me watching a lot of Ritter this past week. They are traveling to Detroit. Detroit had some issues with Seattle last week. Uh, Detroit is a three to a three-and-a-half point favorite. I see more three-and-a-half, so let's go with a three-and-a-half, Jess. Who you got? Uh, hot take upset number two. The, Atl- no the Atlanta Falcons going to Detroit and they beat the Detroit Against Lions. Your boy? Yes. And this is why Amon St. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, possibly lost for the <coughs> season, right? Number oh. one, one of the top five wide receivers in the league last year. He was one of the top three receivers coming into the uh, into week two. And now he is gone. He is gone for, uh, we don't know for how long it was. It was another injury type situation. So when you lose that guy, they, they really don't have anybody left. They have Jamison Williams, who is uh, uh, who could potentially be a guy that could play a similar role, um, but hasn't really gotten a lot of snaps. And Jared Goff has, has looked, uh, he's looked very, very human the last week, very human. Uh, throwing some 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 picks and just you know not looking quite as and you know what when you lose your number one guy on offense sometimes that happens to a quarterback you start looking for that number two three you know four route read and you're just like fuck man I wish Brown was here because I know that he'd be open right here in the slot you know what I mean they the the running back situation Jameer Gibbs I think is still a potential superstar in this league 
but he's going to have to really step up his game, especially in the receiving department. I'm telling you, Atlanta's going to ride this win out over Green Bay. They're going to ride this out. They're going to go into Detroit. They're going to fuck around, and they're going to beat the Detroit Lions. Also, C.J. Gardner-Johnson lost for the season as well. Uh, probably top top defensive playmaker for the Detroit Lions. They're hurting right now. Yeah, uh, I'm going the opposite. I'm going to I, – I don't trust Atlanta. I don't like what I saw from Atlanta last week. I know they made that fourth quarter comeback, but that might have been more Green Bay just couldn't move the chains and keep that big lead, and then momentum came in, and, and that was the difference. Ritter is inaccurate. I that saw him miss true. on a – I saw him miss on a touchdown. But they do have an incredible play-action game with Bijan and that other kid that they run – where they are able to get some good one-on-ones deep. And I don't know if Ritter throws a good deep ball, but it might be one of those things where I'm just throwing it up and hoping the receiver can get under it. Um, I I like Detroit, and I love the points. I I think Detroit wins this by four to seven. Next game, Green Bay, the Packers, they're at home. They're a two-point favorite versus the New Orleans Saints, who snuck one out at home versus Carolina Monday night. Carr had one of those shifty car games. Not bad, not good. Who you got? I think that's been his entire 2023-24 season so far. Some good, some bad. Derek Carr has not yet been able to regain the form of, like, say, his uh, 2019 season or 2021. I think he had a really good year. Uh, he's not been able to regain that form. And and I get it. New team, new area, new receivers, new new players. Uh, I I'm going to go Green Bay. Reluctantly, I really, really want to go New Orleans. I'm going to go Green Bay. I think Jordan Love has really shown that he can be a uh, formidable game, uh, uh, you know, game-changing type uh, uh, or a chain mover. He's a chain mover, man. And uh, he can do it. And I think against this defense, he'll be able to do it well. Uh, I'm going to take Green Bay and the points. So I'm going opposite. I'm going New Orleans with the upset. I, I again, I that fourth quarter where Love was had two three and outs in that fourth quarter, which were huge to me because you he is he is clearly learning the game and he's clearly progressing as a starting quarterback. But you can score in the game, but can you keep the lead? Have you learned how to win yet? That's where we're at with Love. And uh, I like New Orleans. I think this is going to be an ugly bowling shoe type of game. Another 2017 type game, 24-20 maybe type game. Uh, I think New Orleans does enough to get it done here. And I think that they capitalize off of Green Bay's. uh, I think Green Bay will have a turnover too. they capitalize on. All right, next game, the Chargers. This one is all over the fucking map, and I don't know why. I see Pick'em. I see him as a point favorite. I see them as a point and a half dog. They are traveling to Minnesota. So let's just call this game a pick em for now, Jess. Who you got? I can't believe that some sides actually have him as a pick em. It's crazy. Uh, I can see how this game is a pick em. Both teams kind of marry each other, like in a way, you know? Like both teams are very offensive, not much defense. Uh, you have to win shootouts if you're going to get wins. Uh, Kirk Cousins, his, his, uh, you know what's weird is uh, Kirk Cousins is usually a stat filler type quarterback, very seasonal guy. Like, don't put him in a playoff game. He's, but... he's having a big fantasy year. If you look at him, he's like the second or third ranked fantasy. Yeah, so he, Kirk Cousins is doing what Kirk Cousins does. 
Um, I, I don't understand. This hasn't translated to wins. Yeah, but it, it's just not translating to wins. And again, I, I think that a lot of that falls under the def- the defense. For the One million percent. One million. You have percent. to you have to make sure the other team doesn't score as much as your offense, right? That's how we win games. <laughs> the, the Minnesota Vikings are not doing that on defense. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the road team. I think the Chargers are hungry. They're looking for a win. Like they need something good to happen. Uh, because if they don't, man, they're falling into that category of like what's happening with the locker room and the head coaching position and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I like Justin Herbert to have a big, big uh, game against this uh, secondary. I think it will be a shootout, something like 34-31, 34-28, 31-27, something like that. Chargers go into many and they get the win. Yeah, I agree with you. This will be a shootout game. Both teams are lacking defense. Both is a bit of a no-show this year. Um, I man, let me tell you, these uh talk sports radio shows, the SoCal ones, they want this Chargers uh head coach, they want his head on a platter, they wanted him fired after that Jaguars disaster, and now here we are, <laughs> and now he's 0 and 2 on two winnable games. Ugh. Uh, yeah, I man, I almost feel like I, I, I want, I'm going to. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and be on the fence. I'm taking the fucking Chargers in a pick'em on the road. I'm interested in why this is the pick'em on some sites, and I wonder if it's because they think maybe Cousins is going to get traded. Uh, I don't know. I like. I like the Chargers here. I like them by a field goal, and I agree with what Jesse says. This will be a high-scoring game. This will be fun to watch. This will yes. be sexy. Uh, this could be third, first to thirty. This could be twenty-seven, twenty-three, something like that. I like the Chargers. All right. Uh, next game, I think we're getting to the end of the 10 o'clock games here. Oh, big spread here. Uh, I see nine and a half. I see eight and a half. I see nine. So we'll land it at nine. Jacksonville traveling to Houston. Who you got? Uh, I've got Jacksonville. Uh, I, I, I actually don't like the points in this game. I think, I I think that Jacksonville will squeak out a a win. And I think that they absolutely (laughs) shit the bed against a very, uh, a very open and, and, uh, I mean, the, the Kansas City Chiefs are very vulnerable right now. And, yeah, they were there and, for and the Jacksonville Patriots. Jaguars absolutely shit the bed. And I'm going to go as far as to not necessarily blaming the players, but I'm going to put that loss directly on the coach's plate. If you Ooh. coach this team the right way, you put out the right plays, this Jacksonville team should have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs 28-17 last week. Instead, they end up losing 17-9 absolutely just crapped all over themselves last week, but they're going to make up for it this week against Houston. Houston is still the lovable losers. We love them. CJ Stroud actually had a huge game. And statistically speaking, CJ Stroud is, is one of the uh, statistically speaking, one of the top rated quarterbacks in the league this year, but I don't, I think it's on false narratives right now i don't believe what cj stroud is doing i think that when you have a bad team you're just in a rookie quarterback you're just out there letting him wing it and i think that's what he's doing it happens to be working statistically for him but the wins are are going to be hard to come by for houston i got jacksville at home take the points Yep, or agree. no, don't don't I, take the points. Excuse me. Yeah, Jacksonville oh, yeah. gets the dub. I, That's it. Jacksonville gets the dub. Jacksonville wins. Houston covers. Yes. Houston's got a defensive-minded coach there. They've got some more. They've got some of those tough in between the lines type dudes. They don't have a lot of Hollywood names. Uh, I I like Jacksonville. I like Houston in the points. I, I I think that Houston keeps it close. This is like a six or a seven point win for Jacksonville. 
And a quick tip off of that here, Jess. Jacksonville, for whatever reason last week, decided to let their uh, like offensive coach or a different coach call plays during that Kansas City game the entire game, which makes absolutely no sense to me why you would allow as a co- head coach, an assistant coach, to all of a sudden call the plays on – one of the biggest games of your season, like one of those season defined. That's mind games. blowing. Yeah, it really worries me a little bit if I if I'm a fan of Jacksonville, to be honest with you. But yeah, that that happens. Jackson so. Jacksonville just they are a supremely talented football team on both sides of the ball, and they don't necessarily have a bunch of, of big names, but they just have athletes everywhere. Athletes that are really good at playing football. And Trevor, yeah, and, and, Trevor and, Lawrence, dudes too. and Trevor Lawrence has finally done enough to get me to buy into some of the Kool-Aid here. And then you go and you just I oh my gosh, I was so frustrated just just watching highlights in that game. I was so frustrated because Trevor Lawrence, like the more I watch this guy, like he has really truly developed into a man quarterback. Like he's got the big they, arm, he's they, got the legs to, to get himself out of trouble. And that 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 coordinator. The coaching staff, like I said, they just they let this team down last week. Yeah, they urinated on themselves, but we'll see. Well, maybe they'll have a turnaround early in the season. Here's where I'm at too here, Jess, and you know me. I don't really like to start handing out like grade-type grade letters or sticking forks in teams until week five when you've got four weeks of substance there where you can see trends, positive and negative. So, you know, but certain teams, you know, you can stick a fork in it. Arizona, stick a fork in them. But other teams, <laughs> let's keep them four fucking weeks. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, they are traveling to their old stomping grounds. They are playing the Indianapolis Colts. They are an eight-point favorite across the fucking board. Jess, who you got? Uh, I like Lamar. I said it in the beginning. I, I said that the Ravens were going to win that that division this year. The Bengals, uh, I don't think, uh, are as good or on on par at, with the same Bengals team that they were last season, and it, it is showing. Uh, I like the Ravens to win this division. I think that the Colts, however, have a really special, talented quarterback that, again, I said somewhere, whether it was a tweet or on this show, I said Anthony Richardson's ceiling is Josh Allen. He's got the big cannon arm. He's got the the legs. He's got the, uh, the, the weird athletic ability for a guy who almost weighs 260 pounds. But can he start to put things together? Can the coaching staff make him into a, a working mobile quarterback? Can they have him throw from the pocket? Can they give him the time that he needs? Can they give him the players? That's yet to be seen. It's only year one. But I like what I've seen from Richardson outside of, you know, taking unnecessary hits. Again, getting concussed. Again, getting concussed. Orders. Again, that's funny that we mentioned that because I, uh, we, we, uh, Jason actually tweeted on a Josh Allen leap that had no business leaping anywhere, and yes. and and Jason says, "Why are you doing this in year seven when you're, uh, you know, like week two, game two, when you got two. like." you know, fucking 15 other, you know, weeks to play for and the stuff. playoff games that, that matter. Yeah. I mean, do, do this in the fourth quarter with a minute left in a three point game when it, you know, in week 15, because if you don't win this game, you're not getting in the fucking wild card. Yeah. Doing it week two against the fucking Raiders. What are we doing, dog? And and then to see Anthony Richardson again taking unnecessary hits, just thinking, yes. just in that mindset that I'm bigger than you, I'm stronger than you. <laughs> but you know what? Hey, not, hey, welcome to the big boys league. You're not you're not playing guys that are smaller than you. 
You're not playing defensive backs that you can run over. You're not playing against defensive linemen that are only that are only a little bit bigger than you. You're playing 350 pound big hosses at every position. You're playing linebackers that can bench 315 on the reg. Like you're playing against grown ass men. This is a grown ass man league, and you're gonna learn to slide real fucking quick, or you're gonna be walking around with your head ringing all the all day. With that being said, again, I love where Lamar Jackson's at this year. Lamar Jackson is looking much, much more solid. Uh, the first couple weeks, uh, the fir- first week was was very difficult to watch. Uh, we're finally seeing a uh, a much more improved, and I think it helps when the offensive coordinators start putting together better game plans. Uh, Lamar Jackson looks better; he looks comfortable. I think that's going to continue, and I like the. I, I honestly, the points are kind of scary for me to take, but I'm going to take the Ravens and the points. Uh, I'm going Ravens. I think this is going to be a season where the Ravens win a lot of games by less than a touchdown. Yeah. Going to be a lot of bank robbery type wins, a lot of last second field goal type wins, a lot of, as I mentioned last week, it's a one possession game. It's four or five minutes left. Lamar's going to say, fuck that and tuck this ball half this drive. Move chains. Um, I like Baltimore. I like Indy to cover. I think it's a six or five point win for Baltimore. Next game, Seattle Seahawks. Did these motherfuckers rob the bank with that Russell trade in hindsight? They are taking on the Carolina Panthers. I see five and a half. I see one or two sixes, but let's keep it at five and a half. Jess, who you got? Uh, Seattle at home against a fairly bad Carolina football team. <laughs> I'm going to take the, the Seahawks. I can't rave about them like I did in our, our pre, you know, NFL show. But they they looked better, and they they Geno Smith needs to calm the fuck down. Um, they need to start using the weapons that they have. Uh, I the defense is uh, hopefully going to get better. I thought the defense was going to be crazy good this year. Their defense has not been as good as advertised, but I think it's going to be good enough to beat the Carolina Panthers. I like Seattle at home, and I like the points. Watched a lot of that Lions-Seattle game last week, and let me tell you what Justin Fields needs to do. He needs to watch video of Geno Smith. He needs to watch footage of Geno Smith. Geno Smith is fucking so good at going, nothing's there, I'm throwing this away. All the fucking time. He never holds on to the ball too fucking long. He's either trying to extend that play or just ditching that fucking ball. He, this is how he's able to keep a job in this league for so goddamn long. It's not, <laughs> it's not that, it's not that he's some crazy athletic fucking super good Lamar type dude. He's just, he's his IQ has improved to where it's like he is a serviceable starting quarterback that doesn't turn the fucking ball over. Uh, I like Seattle. Uh, I don't know if Metcalf plays. I don't think it matters. I think Carolina stinks, just like Jess said. I think they're a bottom five-tier team. I think this is going to be a regression struggle rookie year, uh, rookie quarterback type year for them. I love Seattle. I love the points. This feels like a touchdown to an eight, maybe ten-point game. Next game, uh, we've got one, two, <laughs> two big spreads. We're going to hit these ones pretty quick. Uh, good teams, though, so maybe not. Kansas City Chiefs. Nearly, this is well, next to the Cowboys, the highest spread of the week 12 and a half points. And they are playing Chris W. Powers, stinky Chicago Bears. <laughs> Who you got? 
I think that all the hype around Justin Fields deserves to die off. And and I know that yeah. a lot of these sportscaster guys are like, well, it's the Bears system, man. The Bears are doing it wrong. Uh, come on, man. Let's call it as it is. Justin Fields is not a very good fucking NFL quarterback. It doesn't matter if he played for the fucking Dolphins. It doesn't matter if he played for the Bills. It doesn't matter if he played for the Cowboys. Justin Fields is not a very good quarterback. He's had time to show us if he can be a good quarterback. Instead, he's shown that now he has potentially regressed as a NFL quarterback, and that is not a good look for the Chicago Bears. This team is terrible. The Bills had a get-right game against the Raiders. Well, look for Kansas City to have a, a get-right game against the fucking Bears. Crazy and crazy point spread, but I like KC at home, and, and I'll take the points. Yeah, I'm I'm a little tentative on the points just because it's almost two touchdowns. Get right game, baby. And you don't Travis Kelsey feels, two it's, touchdowns. It's a, I'm telling you, it's, it's a very it, at some point Mahomes has got to figure out how to play football again, or maybe his receiver receivers will remember how to run routes and catch balls again. But I, uh, <laughs> you know, I've spent a lot of time yeah. on the fields thing the past few days, and uh, we discussed during our pickums at the beginning of the year, our over-unders at the beginning of the year, there are specific quarterbacks that we're going to spotlight. And Fields is one of them. And let me tell you what I see out of Fields. He's inaccurate, and he holds onto the ball too fucking long. Those two things will absolutely kill you in this league. The biggest problem with Trey Lance was he, is, he can't throw that ball into that tight window. The biggest problem with Justin Fields is he cannot throw that ball into that tight window. When you need that third and six, I need to stick this ball in the receiver's hands and the receiver's hands only. He can't do that. Now, I don't know if he just can't do it, period. I don't know if this is something where he goes where he just works on it in the offseason and, and it tightens up. But the the holding on to the ball too long thing, I I don't know if I don't know if you can shake that. I don't know if you can be Geno Smith and figure it out. Oh, I, I, I just got to fucking throw this thing into the dirt more. And that, as a, as, as, if I'm a Bears fan, that concerns me. We, ha- we haven't used that. this term in a long time. It's 90% mental, baby. And, yeah. and, and see, he is but, in his head when he's on the field. And I think that's a fair assessment, but I don't know if I agree with it yet. I do think there are some mental hurdles there that need to get over. But at the end of the day, can you make the tight throw? I know Justin Fields can make great deep throws. I've seen him make great deep throws. I've seen him do the Michael Vick. I'm going to scramble to the side, my dominant side, and I'm going to launch that bitch. And it's going to land on a Dilfer dime. I've seen him do that. I know he can do that. But that does not translate to being a top-tier or a middle-tier quarterback in the league. If anything, it just makes you a backup. Because you, you got to be able to make the reads and the fucking throws. And I don't think he can make the throws. Yeah. I don't even know how he's doing with his progressions. Like he just, he's fucking struggling. Yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm taking the points. Next game, the Cowboys, they are on the road. I see 12. I see some 12 and a half. We'll keep it at 12 just for this shits and giggles. They are traveling to Arizona. Not that far of a hop on a plane. Just who you got? Uh, this is this simple game. Uh, the, the Dallas Cowboys are a uh, top two team in the league from what I've seen so far. I think it's them and San Francisco. I, th- I think that there's uh, – but offensively, 
I have to give the, the nod to the Dallas Cowboys. The, the San Francisco 49ers win games because Brock Purdy doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And yes, he does have talented guys around him, but they they keep to a very simplistic offensive game plan. And then they let the defense just win the game for them. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys have Dak. And you know what? We haven't even had Dak's not even had to have one of those big games yet because yep. the defense is so wildly aggressive and fucking good. By the way, I'm fucking jealous because Buffalo's over there like, you know, they got like two sacks on the season or some shit like that. Like, you know, we, man, the, the Cowboys are just so aggressive on defense. It's wild. It's, it's wild. Trevon, Trevon Diggs is out there just like attacking receivers. It's wild to see. Like in this day and age, you know, defenses don't get enough uh, compliments because – anything that a defensive player does can potentially lead to a penalty, right? Like, Oh, don't touch that receiver too hard. Oh, don't, don't, don't grab that quarterback too hard. And the Cowboys are like, you know what? Fuck it, man. Just go nuts. And I love yes. that style of play. I love it. They've got all the right key components on the defense. And like I said, Dak's not even had to have one of those big games because the defense puts the game away early in the first, second quarter. And Dak's just got to play like, oh, man, all right, man, I'll put up points when I can put up points, and we'll we'll play, you know, very, you know, kind of vanilla offense for right now. C.D. Lamb, by the way, I think had a huge breakout game Monster last week. Monster huge breakout game. game. Especially when you're, wearing, when you're wearing the number 88 in Dallas, you better have a fucking monster game. And he did. He had a breakout game. Good job for C.D. Uh, coming out and doing that, like 143 yards receiving or some crazy numbers like that. Uh, this game is simple. Dallas wins by whatever means they want to, by however many points they want to. Yeah, this is going to be another high turnover game. Uh, the Dak thing is pretty self-explanatory. They've taken the play calling and they've put it back in Coach's hands. Coach has always been a great offensive mind, and he's going parcels on teams. He's just running the ball like crazy and letting the defense dictate games. They're throwing deuces loose out there. They're throwing that other running back whose name escapes me out there. And Pollard is quietly having an absolute monster year. Pollard is going to end up in a few weeks, if not starting this week, the second or third most valuable running back in fantasy just because he catches balls, just because it's almost a guaranteed touchdown every week, if not more. And he's going to be good for 20 every week. He's, he's going to be a monster. Um, that defensive front seven is the best in football. There's no denying it. You can fucking bring up Philly. You can bring up San Francisco. You can fucking bring up Pittsburgh. You can bring up fucking whoever. I don't care. They've given up 10 points in two games. And the seven-point touchdown was a breakaway play from Wilson, where he just got a, where he just uh, beat a crossing route and just burned everybody. It wasn't like they they've yet to have that drive where it's like, damn, that team just ran the ball down their throat and they just gave it up. That ain't happening this week. It probably isn't happening until they play San Francisco like week five or six. I love the Cowboys. I love the points. Let's keep it moving here, Jess. We've got three more games before we hit the wrap it up button. We're right around our usual turnaround times, a little over <laughs> an hour. The Pittsburgh Steelers, boy, do I not trust these motherfuckers. They are traveling to Las Vegas. Boy, do I not trust these motherfuckers. <laughs> I see one and a half. I see two and a half. I see three. I see two and a half. Vegas doesn't trust these motherfuckers. I'm going to leave it at two and a half, Jess. Who you got? I like the two and a half. It's a good leave. Uh, I got, I, I'm just going to take Vegas <laughs> at home. I, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, it's, it, you know what? Against Buffalo, it's not like Garoppolo looked bad, 
You know what I mean? Like, he made some uh-huh. good throws. He made some good reads. He did Jimmy G stuff. It was just that Buffalo's defense was a little bit more aggressive, and his uh, offense uh, couldn't run the ball. Uh, Josh Jacobs had negative two yards rushing. Yeah, he struggled. That was, he struggled. That, was an, that was an insane. So I, I get – I'll give all mad props to the Dallas Cowboys defense. I love them, like I said. But to hold Josh Jacobs, who was the league's rushing leader last year, to negative two yards in an entire game, that's fucking impressive. Uh, when you can't run the football, you can't pass the ball either. That's just a rule in football. That's just how it goes, unfortunately. Uh, I think that they get they get things a little bit straightened out this week at home. Josh Jacobs gets the ball a little bit, and he runs the ball better. The offensive line is not great in, in Vegas, so it will take a little bit of time. But I think Jimmy G will continue to do Jimmy G things. He will make those right reads. He will make those right throws. And, yes, yeah, sometimes he's going to make a bonehead pick. It's going to happen with Jimmy G. But I'm taking Vegas at home. Pittsburgh. Can I just have Mike Tomlin as my head coach? Can I just can, can I trade yeah. Sean McDermott for Mike Tomlin right now? Because I would I'm rather, I would rather see Mike long. Tomlin in Buffalo right now. I think that he would have a better time. He would be happier. He would be more enjoyable guy to be around. He's, he, I really thought, Jess, I really thought we were going to have a week where you did not try and fire your coach. No, I'm still going to do so, it. Yeah, no, yeah, you yeah, you are. It took us an hour, but you got here. <laughs> I still they, won by, I still, they won by 20. I, I, my, my admiration is deep for a couple of head coaches in this league, and, and one of them is Mike Tomlin. We've talked about this time and time again. I hate to see this team burn with Mike Tomlin at the helm. I, I just, it kills me. This defense is going to end up being a top five defense, but their offense is going to hurt them. They have a problem running the football, which is very untomlin-like, and Pickett doesn't make great decisions. He is able to get that ball into the playmaker's hands, and the and Pittsburgh is always good at having wide receivers that are playmakers. They can turn a, you know, they, they can get that yak. They can turn a small catch into a large one. They can break some shit. But uh, I, and they'll probably be relying on that a lot this game. This to me feels like whoever turns the ball over more is the loser. And, and I know that's usually cause and effect, but this really feels that way. Tempted to take Pittsburgh, but I'm, I'm, I'm tentatively taking Vegas at home. I think Devontae. If he plays, brings a few. I think Garoppolo makes just enough plays, and I think they are able to shore up the running game a little bit more. I, I like Vegas. I like the points. Pitt, uh, Philly on the road, traveling to Tampa Bay. Baker Mayfield is just throwing it up and seeing what happens, and it's working. Uh, five, five and a half, four and a half. Let's keep it at a solid five, Jess. Philly traveling. They're the five-point favorite. Who you got? Baker Baker Mayfield is doing this to piss me off. The world. He, All of his haters. I'm telling you, Baker. Which is everybody. You're going to have a crash-down game, and this is the one. The Philadelphia oh, Eagles boy, are going to bring you to your knees, brother. You're not a good quarterback. <laughs> Listen here, brother. He said bring you to your knees. He, the, the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles are going to bring you to your knees, brother. In front They're of your home fans, you brother. Knees, you don't know what's going to happen. The Philadelphia Eagles. Oh man, I'm telling you. Like Baker Mayfield is surprising. I'll give him that. He is definitely playing like a potential number one draft pick, although it was like 10 years ago that he was a fucking number one draft pick. But 
he, he's playing he's off. playing they're playing backyard football in tampa bay it's kind of fun to watch to be honest it is it's very no, it it, is. it's kind of fun mike evans uh looks happy so maybe they don't trade him to you know the kansas city chiefs now and 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 i think that the defense is is always been tough i like tampa bay's defense but let's be real, man. The Philadelphia Eagles, they, they've not looked right so far this year. But, again, we're talking about get-right games, right? We talked Buffalo had mm-hmm. theirs. You know what I mean? Some other teams are going to have theirs this week. This this is a good get-right game for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout, okay? I still think that Tampa Bay and Baker is going to do enough to hang tough. But come come late third quarter, early fourth, I think Philadelphia does enough to pull away. DeAndre Swift is is a, a Swiss Army knife type weapon to use in the backfield. They've still got AJ Brown. They still got Devontae Smith. They still got that huge ass defensive line. I expect this to be a come to earth game for Baker and the Philadelphia Eagles get things right. I like the Eagles. I like the points. I just mentioned the eighty nine Parcells running game. And this is what Philly did to Minnesota last Thursday night. I mean, they just crammed them with runs over and over and over. And it just, it made me love football more, if that's possible, when you get that old school, yeah, we're just going to keep running and you can't stop us. I I just love that style of football. It just, it's throwback as fuck. Um, I agree with everything Jess said. And I think the points are low. I think Philly wins yeah. by seven to ten points. I don't know if you can have a get-right game when you're two and zero. However, I would agree that they have some stuff on offense they need to shore up. When you've got AJ Brown complaining on the sidelines, and, <laughs> and you've got receivers upset, you got a little bit of diva wide receiver mentality. This is a great game to get him the ball and you know get get Hurts rolling, have that 300, 350 yard passing game on this Tampa Bay defense. Um, I like Philly and I love the points. Jess, we've got one game left. I don't know how much time we're going to spend on this, but I do want to speak a minute on Joe Burrow. He is the Bengals. Two, two and a half point favorite. They are at home. They are playing the sneaky Rams who gave the Niners fits. Monday night, Jess, who you got? You Oh, two Monday night games, I'm just realizing, by the way. Yeah, the, the two Monday night game thing sucks. They need to go away from that real yeah, quick. Yeah, it's weird. It, it's, it's weird. It's terrible. Pick one fucking game, guys. I, hey, I you know, get it, man. You're, I get it. You're, trying to, you're a money machine, and you're trying to ma- – Dude, we don't know what game to watch, okay? When I'm, what I, so I like watching Red Zone on Sundays because I get a little – a flavor of everything. I like keying in on specific games Sunday afternoon, usually the Cowboys or the Niners. I tried to watch this simulcast Monday, and I don't know if it was just because I was stoned out of my mind, but it was difficult to fucking follow. It's difficult to watch. And I I could watch two games anywhere else that I go when it's on two TVs, but two games on one TV, and I don't have a little TV. But it was still just difficult to follow, and I, and I wasn't a fan. So I agree with you. I'm not a fan of two games on Monday night. Give me one game that I can key in on, that I can really focus on. Otherwise, I'm going to be flipping back and forth. I'm not going to be – you're going to lose me. You're going to lose me. Uh, Jess, so get back to the Bengals here. Who you got? Uh, so Monday – real quick, Monday night should be a one-game thing. If you want to make a Thursday night two two games, that's fine. 
Give us two games. That's actually a better give, idea. Give us two games because Thursday night usually are shitball games, right? Like, let's be real. That's a fucking better idea. So why don't we make a two-game Thursday night uh, deal where people can pick and choose, well, I would rather watch this game than this other game, and then it gives them an option. Anyway, NFL, call me if you need me. I'm here all the time, you know, I, except for when I'm at work. But if you want to pay me to do something else, that's cool. Uh, as far as this game is concerned, <laughs> I really, really, really want to take the Rams. Like, you have no idea. This is such a weird game for me because it should be automatic Bengals. But in my head, I'm like, fuck, man. The Rams aren't playing bad. Stafford's, you know, he he had kind of a, you know, an iffy game last week. But, you know, the Rams aren't that playing rookie bad. Rider, that rookie receiver they have is having a good I can't even season. begin Stafford to pronounce this kid's name, but he's not even killing trying. it. He's killing it out there. And I really want to take the Rams, but I'm not going to. I think that this is not a get-right game for Cincinnati because I think something is wrong in, in Cincinnati. Oh, it's Burrow. It, well, it's, it's, Burrow. it's more than just Burrow, though. To me, you got Jamar Chase out here making all these, like, weird, you know, post-game, like, oh, well, we just lost to the Elves. And then he had another one last week and, like, Jamar Chase, why don't you go catch a fucking football before you start oh. talking shit? Okay, and I get it. Your quarterback has to get you the ball, but when he does and you drop passes, are you really any better than any other wide receiver in the league at this point in time? Tell me that. Tell me all the shit talk that you want when you win games and you catch 10 passes for 125 yards. Don't talk shit. When you lose, you've got four catches for 65 yards and you drop three passes every game. So, yes, Burrow, it starts at Burrow because there is something wrong with Burrow. But it goes deeper than that. This this whole Bengals team, like I said earlier, they don't look right. There's something very wrong with this franchise right now. The offensive line problems never got fixed. Let's be real. The offensive mm-hmm. line still sucks. Burrow's still getting hit all the fucking time. And when you pay a guy that much money, wouldn't you want to protect him a little bit? It, a little bit. I mean, it's just kind of right. Like, yeah, let's, let's throw him a bone here, give him an all-pro tackle or, or something. But instead... He's getting hit every every three plays. Like I mean, the guy can't stay off his back. He's like a he's like a nineteen eighty seven Jenna Jameson porn man. Like he just oh. he can't he he's he's on his back all the time. Like we got to give this man some room to play football. And yes, Joe Burrow's calf I think is an issue still. I do. Think it's, an it's an enormous issue. one. It's an enormous. It, one. I I don't think it's like terrible injury but i think it's an annoying injury that is causing his no, mechanics to be off and when a quarterback when a quarterback's mechanics are off their game is going to be off they're not going to be as sharp and they're going to be a little bit more hesitant to to toss the ball around because they they're working weird you know on both legs so yeah and then let's let's move to the defense the defense is not producing the hits that they were last year. This defense has gotten older. Sam Hubbard's older. Some of these other guys, Logan Wilson, is a little bit older. He's looking a little bit slower. This defense is not as feared as it was last season. And then as far as the coaching staff is concerned, I do like their coaching staff. I just – I'm worried about the playmakers on the field. I'm going to take Cincinnati because they're at home. I'm hesitant, though. But I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm like you. I'm a little bit hesitant. This feels like an upset special, but I'm not going to touch it because I don't trust the Rams. Um, I we said when we did our over unders at the beginning of the year, 
when I picked the Bengals and I picked the under, that I didn't know Burrow's uh, physical condition. I didn't know if he was going to be at 100%. And if he was going to start the season, he definitely wasn't going to be at 100%. He tried to go on that bad wheel, and now it's worse than it was. And so now he's either going to have to sit or he's going to have to play injured for the rest of his year on a bad wheel. And when you're a quarterback and you need to run, you need to scramble, you need to be able to move laterally in the pocket, you need to be able to plant to throw, all those things are going to now be uh, irritated, aggravated, just not as easy and not as fluid. And that, to me, the the numbers don't lie and they spell disaster, to quote the great uh, Scott Steiner. I'm going to go Cincy. I think they're going to pound the rock. This is going to be that mix-in game where he's got like 22 touches for 120 yards and two TDs. And they sneak out with something like a 17-13 win. Yeah, sounds about right. Again, Hit the I'm wrap super it up, hesitant, man. I, it's a scary game. If, if you're a Bengals fan, man, I'd be worried. Uh, folks, thanks for listening to the show. Hopefully we didn't take up too much of your time. Hopefully you enjoyed all the takes. No, uh, folks- me, we hope we took up your time. We hope you, you were really bored and you listened to the entire show. Well, there, we there's that, too. sticking around till the end. There's that, too. Hey, if anything, we're better than listening to some of these Politico fucking podcasts out there, right? So, I mean, come on. There's at a least lot of bad podcasts out talking, there. At least we're talking about some stuff that people enjoy. Uh uh, if you're an NFL fan, you're gonna love us for the next few months, man, because we're gonna we're gonna kill it here with NFL style. We got a lot of takes, a lot of stuff for the NFL. It's heavy stuff right now. I love football season, so you're gonna get a lot of me. And Jay loves football season too, so you're gonna get the best of both of us right now. Uh, mixed martial world. arts world. The closer we lead up to 300, the better it's gonna get, and then eventually we're gonna hit uh, UFC 300. Uh, the uh, Bellator stuff we don't hit on a lot because there's not, not a lot. We'll going touch on it when it's sexy. If Canelo's fighting this weekend, I think he will beat Charo via decision. Whether we talk about that this week or this week, so, next week, yeah. Combat sports fans get prepared for a lot of UFC takes because that's usually the hot topic stuff. And eventually, I'm going to I'm going to allow Jason the time because I think he he deserves the time to talk a little pro wrestling. There's so much stuff going on in the world of pro wrestling yeah, right now. I, I can't I, give my Jade Cargill shit, slash uh, Edge going to AEW takes. They're going to oh, be on oh the my gosh. We have some, we, Jason deserves his moment in the sun to talk pro wrestling. And what's the bye week? What was like week five, week six? What's the bye week? Yeah, we, we got it. We got to hit we'll a, a bye week somewhere. Time. We're, we're going to hit up some pro wrestling takes, but in the meantime, folks, listen to us for the NFL stuff. Listen to us for the, uh, the combat sports stuff. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking around. We hope you enjoyed uh, variety sports network. Thanks for all the shout outs. Anybody connected in the variety sports network lineup, Please follow them, Fat Boy, Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports. Uh, the the they have so many college football teams, uh, podcast stuff going on right now. Uh, college football Saturday, uh, they have a lot of stuff going on. Baseball, man, they love their baseball. Follow them if you just love sports. At at Variety underscore Sports underscore. Follow them and anybody included in the Variety Sports Network. Please follow them as well. Follow us. The podcast is Team Toss Twenty One. Follow Jason at Valdez spelled backwards 559. Follow me at JTT81. 
and uh, you'll have to put up with some of my political bullshit. But I, I, I try to spread the love around. No, nah, it's and some you're, pro you're wrestling hard. Stuff you, you, you're yeah. really like 50 50 right yeah, now. Yeah, it's, 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 I'm, I'm, Let's I'm, tighten I'm, it up, buddy. I'm trying to tighten things up. I'm trying to tighten it up, guys. We love you. Thanks to anybody who listens. Uh, Shay Rollins, Justin Von Doom, Chris Rollins, uh, at Smash Big Brian, Brian. Big Brian, baby. We, uh, hey man, it was a good battle last week. Thanks for losing to the Bills graciously. <laughs> um, that's it for me, guys. I hope you have a good week. Peace, guys.